it's so much more work than you think it's going to yeah. be to get something yeah. up off the ground and going. I think some of the things that we went through are just, just the nature of the beast of opening the doors and making sure you have adequate product on the, on the shelves, your equipment and the coffee uh, side is working. Mm -hmm. Then you have the outside challenges. Working through my father's illness and then his passing. And then I was also given the diagnosis of breast cancer. At the same time, we were trying to open a store and go through the challenges of, of burying my father. And, Mm -hmm. And it, it, it was a lot. It's through the perseverance and the help of others that we were able to do all of this all at one time. It's, it's a challenge all by itself, yeah. starting a brick and mortar business, but then we had all those other challenges. Thank you for listening to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit guyswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Welcome to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Josh. Welcome back, Josh. Thank you, Joe. It's yeah. good to be back. Yeah, I had to go pick him up because his ankles hurt. Tore ACL on a driving ankle. Uh, let's fact check that. It's a, an, a ruptured Achilles tendon. Well, I've been saying torn ACL, so that's what it is now. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Wake Orthopedic has been great, and I'm on the recover. So Joe did pick me up this morning and brought me here to the studio. Yeah. So this is the show where we help you get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today? And today, we're excited. We got Jerry and Beth Martinez de Indino which is your name makes me sound exotic <laughs> cool just to say it out loud. Thank you so much for joining us. You guys are the owners of Our Moments in Time. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Our Moments in Time. All right. Well, it's basically a small a retail and coffee shop that we opened up in downtown Holly Springs. We serve 30 artisans at the moment. Lo local in the facility, artisans. Local artisans. And our coffee shop is proud to serve Dilworth Coffee out of Northeast Raleigh. We actually even have a, like to call it our dairy farm, which is a homeland creamery out of Julian, North Carolina, on your way to Greensboro and um, right outside Souter City. Not only are you a great local place to get a fantastic gift or to go shopping for someone that you care for or but you guys have found a way to also support a bunch of other local artisans. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, so it's like local plus local, plus local Dilworth's coffee, plus local. Yes. <laughs> and we're all local. <laughs> that was uh, the model and, and, and the strategy and, and the objective. We wanted to be really a store that served the community and was part of the community. They're bringing the residents in the, in the local community of Holly Springs together with their own artisans. What, what was the origin story? for your business. The actual beginning of this has to do with something that Beth first came up with when we were in Wisconsin. And she worked and found this little jewel called Bungalow by the Bay and worked there for a number of years. And that gave her the inspiration to want to do something along those lines, boutique yeah. and serving the community. And it's been something percolating in the background. Gosh, the last 15 years, maybe. When did you guys move from Wisconsin to this area? 
2008. 2008, during the housing crisis, when everybody was right. changing everything. Exactly. That is, yes. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, we, we actually managed to get to, to leave Wisconsin right at the precipice before everything went off the cliff. Yeah. Wow. And then um, moved here and lived through it. I was in Kenosha probably from like 2002 to 2006, somewhere in there. They had drive up liquor stores, which I thought was the weirdest <laughs> yeah. thing. That's because of the cold weather. It's the cold weather. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wanted to get out, get out, out of their car. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the happiest moments, man, selling my snowblower. When I moved, oh gosh, he gave that person a deal. Like you can have that thing. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. We moved down here and thinking, okay, snow will never be something that we'll ever run across again. And I think our first year there, we actually used our snow shovel. Yeah. Well, people like made fun inches. of us because we brought our, our snow shovel with us. So I like, I like talking to fellow, fellow people that have lived up North where snow is like, I will say real. Mm -hmm. And now when it snows like a half inch here, they're like, shut it down mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> or it might snow. Cancel school. It's I over. have great memories of snow though, because growing up in the Piedmont of North Carolina, you get the right amount of it where you have school out for maybe mm -hmm. a week and you play in it and it doesn't melt. And we didn't mm -hmm. have snow blowers, you know, we just enjoyed yeah. it. And what was it about bungalow by the pay that made you think, man, I want to do something like this. Well, it was a cute little quaint store and chocolate shop and it was family run business and and just laid back and easygoing and mm -hmm. very connected to the community yeah. and it was in i don't know if you remember cedarburg wisconsin mm, no. but that's a historical small town and i just love the feel of it and i wanted to capture that feel again yeah and i think there's some there's a bit of that feel in downtown it mm -hmm. seems like there's a there's a this little tight-knit community down there of, of businesses. Yeah, Holly Springs is going through a renaissance now of creating its downtown spirit. I think Apex has been very fortunate that it's had one for, oh God, well, from the beginning, right? Because that, how long has the, the downtown of Apex been there? Yeah. In contrast to what Holly Springs is doing right now. In Holly Springs, all we had downtown in, in the village district were homes. Mm -hmm. And so... Holly Springs had to be built. Their downtown had to be built mm. because it was all residential. That's nice because you'll have modern plumbing and modern other stuff mm -hmm. in the commercial stuff. I mean, well, you guys are an exception because you took something old and made it new mm -hmm. again, right? As far yeah. as the, the structure. Can you talk a little about that? It was built in 1880, was handed down generation after generation in the Williams family. And the granddaughter and grandson are still living in Holly Springs. They're pretty excited with what we've done. I'm familiar. You said Williams family, right? Mm -hmm. You have Williams Street through Apex, right? It's like mm -hmm. a major. Does that go into Holly Springs? That I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. You have like 100 years ago, this was just the Williamses and the Kildares, mm -hmm. right? This area, all these farms. How long have you guys been open? Six and a half months. We opened up on uh, June 23rd and we actually weren't there for... The actual opening, we had to leave to go to Michigan. My father passed away the day we opened. Oh, sorry so, to hear that. And we had to rely heavily on her older daughter, Nicole, as well as lots of friends and picked up the ball and, and ran with it. We couldn't have done it without him. I'm curious as to what got you guys to the point where this had been a dream that had kind of been planted in the back of your mind, it sounds like, for a long time. What was about now that made you guys want to make it a reality what were you guys doing in the meantime before you had opened up your store 
Real estate. We're right. both real estate and agents. We, and we still are both involved in real estate. Part of it is, is a journey in that we were trying to find, but well, we went from trying to do something that Beth had as a dream, which is the bungalow by the bay model that we came here with. But on an entrepreneurial basis, we wanted to be able to know that we had the right location, that we had the right product lines that you know would serve the audience that we're trying to serve. So we were doing a lot of market planning and thinking through. And in the meantime, all that was going on, it began to take on new, new shapes because we met people. Beth actually got together with a person who, at the time, was the president of the Arts Council for Holly Springs. We met her as a result of volunteering at the high school marching band. She has this meeting as a result of being uh, a fellow parent, you know, a volunteer, and find out about all the artisans and, and Holly Springs and all of the ups and downs that that community was going through. And so the idea got planted of, instead of having a product that's manufactured perhaps overseas and or somewhere outside of North Carolina, what about the local aspect of supporting right. artisans here? And that began a network process of Beth meeting with all of these artisans and starting to do the homework about what would make sense, what would the community respond to as far as uh, a, a locale right. for the artisans to show their craftsmanship. And the more I met with them, the more excitement was was drawn up. And during that process, I, t- I just thought, by chance, I'll talk to economic development and see if there's any location that makes sense. And lo and behold, there was. And I mean, through a lot of back and forth, we actually hung up the phone and she called me back five minutes later and said, I've got it. It was all so smooth. It just all fell into place. Wow. From the minute we started talking about it till now. I mean, there were bumps. Yeah. You know, the road's never straight, right? I love you guys' model. And I can't think of anything like as a comparison point of having all locally sourced artisans provide the inventory for your store. That's pretty cool. After that light bulb went off, did you find anybody else that you could kind of mirror it after? Or is this a pretty unique thing? Well, the perfect piece in Cary. Oh, okay. That's in downtown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I've never been in there. I the just always saw it back there. Similar. It's like, it's a, looks like it's still a bank because it was obviously mm-hmm. a bank at one point. That's yeah. the place. Okay. The difference perfect. between the perfect piece and us is, well, number one, the size, but we're trying to keep our list of of artisans unique. Have uh, have three or four artisans that have the same product in the same the same uh, kind of artwork and and try to give everyone an opportunity as much as possible as well as the community coming in and seeing a wider array uh, of artwork and craftsmanship but then we also wanted to combine it with coffee because we thought what a nice feel yeah. you come in the door and you're surrounded by all this beautiful merchandise and you can just come and get that nice warm cup of coffee and just Take your time and walk around and just have that ah. This is where I like to brag on you <laughs> is that you you guys have a state of the art espresso machine that mul- makes multiple espressos at the same time, and you can make breves and cortadas and all these espresso drinks. And there's a vibe there that's really special in terms of just the coffee shop experience. It's the opposite of Starbucks, mm-hmm. and I'm in somebody's home. Mm-hmm. You know, right? We didn't want to be a coffee shop 
we didn't want just to be a retail. We wanted it to be an experience, mm-hmm. a downtown experience that sort of brought the home to downtown, yeah. you know, hometown. And people would come in and there'd be a social aspect to it as well. In fact, to the point where some of the customers that come in know the artist and the artist, so it's like greeting family in some respects, you know, feel comfortable. Down to the rocking chairs on the front porch. Correct. Jerry, can we have a sexy voice contest? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's got you beat. Oh, man. Finally, I'm at my match. I'm trying hard to pay attention, and I'm just thinking about how cool his voice sounds. Uh, I'm seeing an old Fabio novel that's being narrated. <laughs> I think you're striking on a chord that I personally like. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and my kids are getting older. I don't know what it is. But there's just so many more uh, kind of like chain experiences and you see more and more of the box stores that are kind of closing down depending on what part of the city or what city you're living in and shopping has changed so much and when i remember likening about shopping when i was young i think about like the best shopping experience is christmas right going out and picking out gifts so that's kind of like in my mind the best use of shopping you're going out and you're picking a gift for somebody and you're in the right mindset you're in the race like you can't just go christmas shopping and be in a bad mood that's not the way you do it you're looking for the unique stuff what you guys are describing is shopping is what i hope is going to be the trend in the future that the ones that make it are going to be the ones that focus on the experience people really want the story behind what oh, they're yeah. purchasing oh who made this right why did they make this? We, for instance, Simple Roots is one of our artisans, and they're from Fuquay, and they take local wood, mostly barn wood, and repurpose it. And so she has a story behind everything she creates. Oh, this came from, for instance, we have barn doors. The wood from making those doors came from a barn near Friendship High School, mm. and it's cherry wood. And that's because that's what they had on their property when they needed to build that barn. So then they were putting in the high school. She needed, they called her and and asked her to come and and take down the barn. So I started seeing that a couple of years ago, even on like the renovation shows, they'll always save something from the house and use it in the new house and maybe repurpose it Mm -hmm. um, in And then that's the focal piece. I would always prefer to know a little bit more about the stuff that I buy. It makes it more interesting. Mm -hmm. It makes it... And personal. It makes it very personal, yeah. Mm -hmm. What other kind of artisans do you guys work with? We have everything ranging from pottery, apparel, both for children's clothes and... Embroidered. We have a quilter. Brenda is a pen and ink artist. We have photographers josh hello everyone <laughs> josh is one of our photographers yeah, josh, you got some of your stuff up in there right? the mayor dick sears actually picked up a piece for his wife for christmas i have a couple pieces there and real thankful for that that's another thing that makes us a little more unique is that they purchased this piece of art from you but they wanted the story behind it that's right I love how this story came together i was telling joe about it earlier the photo was of a missionary in africa in a special moment that piece was appreciated purchased the mayor asked for the story as i was writing the story i fact checked it with the attorney friend of mine who i went to africa with turns out the missionary and his wife were in town for 12 days they all came together for a meeting at our moments in time at the coffee shop mm-hmm. and that to me was really special to to hear that was happening there even though i was laid up after surgery i couldn't make it but to know that that space 
is a, a place where people can come together and, and build new relationships. And I bet that story gets shared every time somebody asks them about that piece in their home. Absolutely. Yes. There you go. Yep. It does. Score. Yeah. I would love to hear a little bit more about the story about how you guys opened our moments in time. I was, I was saying she's, you know, we, we come from Wisconsin. We started to develop the, the uh, dream as we knew it then. And in the midst of all that, God has a funny way of introducing new opportunities and new direction. And that's how we met with Brenda. We go down the road of, of, of supporting artisans. It's easy to say and roll out, but to get there was quite a journey getting that home approved to go from an 1880 residence to commercial zoning. Well, the fact that the house was kept in its original shape as much as possible and had the same character of the house that led to the house becoming approved. The coffee idea was an inspired moment, but we were going to have someone else come in and do that. But that took us about three different times to t- attempt to get the coffee partner um, model to work. And it, three times it, it didn't. Mm. We finally decided we're going to do this. It's going to be done. So we did it ourselves. So we went from thinking we were going to be strictly dealing with retail to now trying to understand how to make coffee right. and do it in a way that the public and the community would say this is a really good experience. So we were blessed because we, we met, we think, with a phenomenal roaster and we got training and education. So it's been wonderful. It's and been a leap of faith. So now that it's open, what have you guys learned? Planning is huge. Mm. You, you can't just create a dream and say, okay, I'm going to do this. Start talking to people, open your doors and start. You, you really have to have a great plan. And we went through a program called Launch Holly Springs. It's a fantastic program for entrepreneurs who are looking to either start a business or improve on a business that they already have. You have to understand your market and you have to understand um, your product and you have to project five years out, 10 years out. You you know, there's a, there's a lot more to it. What were some of the key lessons you guys think you took away from Launch Carry other than planning? Focus was the first word I come because there's so many things, there's so many moving parts uh, to look at. One can get lost and to the point where you you sort of get paralyzed by how much you have to take and consider. It's just focus on the two or three essential items that make or break what you're trying to accomplish and make sure you know what those are and have the persistence to always go back to them and, and do them well. Yeah. What's the number one focus of our moments in time? Attention to detail and service. Um, service, for because sure. whatever we do on a daily basis to always translates to how it's being viewed by the person walking in the door. You so know. I assume you two work there sometimes. You have other employees that work there. <laughs> uh, we live there. <laughs> <laughs> that was another learning curve. We were told by our by those uh, Launch High Springs being classified as a mentor that one of the things you want to do before you have an employee is know and understand the business yourself and do everything yourself, no matter how menial, it doesn't matter because when you finally hand the keys over to someone else to run, something is going to happen and you have to answer the question, how do I solve this? And you may not be there. So you need to be able to have experienced it, to be able to talk to it and train someone well. What are some of the values that you guys, as you're training other people, like this is, this is what we're about. What are those values that kind of keep it moving forward for you guys? I think an important thing is to value people. Doing the coffee or, or showing them product, that's just all part of 
providing a good feeling and being family almost. We're there every day. But for instance, we're here right now. So we have our daughter, Alicia, as a barista. And then we have one of our jewelry artisans from Dangle My Wares. She's there. And when you have a family member or you have one of the artisans or we we have, there is that kind of passion that they need. You can't just hire somebody off the street that you don't know and expect that they're going to have that same passion. They have um, a vested interest, right? They, they want do. You guys to continue to be successful. They do. And so that works. The passion's there. That's yeah. what it's about. You have to have the passion. This show is produced at Podcast Carry, a professional studio making podcasting simple and fun. Located in Vibe Coworking in Cary, North Carolina. Want to start a podcast to create great content for your business and establish yourself as a thought leader in your city? Go to podcastcarry.com, connect with your audience, grow your brand. Josh and I have talked to a lot of people and one of the common topics that have come up is the challenges for brick and mortar businesses in starting. In today's landscape and starting a brick and mortar, what would you say to people that are exploring the idea of opening up a brick and mortar business? It's hard. It's a, it's a dedication and you, you really do. Once again, I'm back to passion. You have to have the passion and the drive and the persistence, like Jerry was saying, because you're, you're married to it. Yeah. It's your other, it's your other life. Numbers are important. Dollars are important, but you, you have to instill that the most important thing are the people you're serving. Serve those in, in a manner that, you know, they'll come back even just for the experience not necessarily for a specific product, just to come back. You mentioned several times how it's it's more difficult. And I think that's one of the things that we always hear when we chat with people who are starting up. And I started my company in January. And so Podcast Carry, the room that we're sitting in here is even newer than that. And there's the lesson I keep learning over and over again is it's so much more work than you think it's going to yeah. be to get something yeah. up off the ground and going. I think some of the things that we went through are just just the nature of the beast of opening the doors and making sure you have adequate product on the, on the shelves, your equipment and the coffee uh, side is working. Mm-hmm. Then you have the outside challenges that play a part into the business side. Working through my father's illness and then his passing, and then I was also given the diagnosis of breast cancer. At the same time, we were trying to open a store and go through the challenges of, of burying my father and Oh, and wow. it, it, it was a lot. And it's through the perseverance and the help of others that we were able to do all of this all at one time. It's, it's a challenge all by itself, yeah. starting a brick and mortar but business. But then we had all those other challenges. It just, yeah. Have you guys, have you guys always been good at receiving help from other people? Is that no. a challenge for you? <laughs> yeah. Major. And, and, and this year, it was hard to imagine it was a few days before opening and we knew that something was amiss with her dad, mm-hmm. but not ever expecting what occurred. And then literally within 48 hours uh, of, of it happening, being able to depend on totally the community and our daughters and, and friends and leave just when we're opening. And we basically had to have faith and trust mm-hmm. that it would work. And I think, that's an essential part of it all too. Uh, having that faith and trust 
which is where you get, I think you get the tenacity and the persistence to stick it through, regardless of the obstacle that comes up in front. Yeah. Those will never stop. There will always be an obstacle. There will always be a, a bump in the road, but you have, you have to plow through it. You got to get to the other side. We You're were right. sticking to the plan and, and those that were there helping us knew the plan Yeah, and everything was in place that needed to be in place. We had done our first business plan too, that she's speaking about uh, five years before we actually got to this particular model. So it, it was a plan that kept changing. We kept changing and modifying it and, and upgrading it and enhancing it, but it was always a plan that we could follow. Right. So that was essential too. You got to trust the process. And I think that's another way of saying like having faith, like mm -hmm. it's going to work. The plan is good. <laughs> you got to trust the process. Are we going to stick with it? Or are we not going to stick with it and talk about a lot to overcome before you guys opened up? Sure. And sure so feels like it. you had family <laughs> pitching in and then I assume the artisans pitched in. Absolutely. Anybody else help pitching? The community. In fact, her oncology nurses is helping. Wow. So it's, it's been a community effort. And, and that's why we are so happy that we're able to give back to the community by making this a, really a, a community environment for them and experience for them. Yeah. That's got to feel fantastic, I guess, in one sense to know that the big part of the why behind it was to be actively involved in the community, be a part of the community, provide a place for artisans in the community, and then to have the community get so behind you, even to the point to help out the way that they did, it has to be a, a really good feeling. And, and I think the other exciting thing actually is that we were, you know, one of the first to be on that main street, you know, mm -hmm. as, a, as a retail shop. Tally Springs was like a, like a boom town. Everybody was like, I remember forever ago, like eight years ago, it's like, where should you buy a house? Holly Springs, man. You get so much house out there. Go, mm -hmm. go to Holly Springs. And everybody's mm -hmm. moving out there and they got all the houses out there before they had the downtown. But in 200 years from now, when they're doing the Holly Springs downtown, whatever, you guys could be one of the the founding people in that, in that story. Yeah, that's fun. And, and we try to, to remain active in our own community outside of business as well. Just always keeping that connection. The other reason why this model works is because we're local, supporting local. And when you, the community, comes in and you purchase from us, you're supporting your neighbors right. in your community. They're taking their earnings and they're putting it back into the community. And so, in a way, we're self-sustaining. Yeah. You certainly hear a lot more about Shop Local now. And I know... Just personally, like, I just wish everything was more local. And I've I mentioned before, even to the point of, like, where I like to go out to eat. Like, I like to know who it is so I know who I'm supporting. Mm -hmm. And I wish people would make decisions like that more. How do you kind of get people to value that sense of community? Do you guys feel like the community, the business owners in Holly Springs, are they a strong tribe? Is everybody? I think so. Well? Yes. And I, I think we have a, a, a very strong chamber group, you know, where these businesses are, are, are part of. And it's a it's a constant trying to reinforce, you know, the small community, small business community. Yeah. And there's constant opportunities, ribbon cuttings and breakfast meetings and whatnot, just to give sort of a support each other. Mm -hmm. and, and that makes us feel connected right on, on Main Street, right near Town Hall and all that. I think we were one of the one of the first retail shops like that to open. But we opened up the same time that OSHA. That's true. They uh, had their soft the, opening. You're the right. restaurant across the street opened up. And then and then it began after that. Do you guys seen a lot of foot traffic down there now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And there's, I mean, there's so much more. 
that's going to occur between the first building across the street from us, Town Hall Commons, and you guys know John and Chris Harrell, correct? From yeah, I know. Hope. I know John. Yeah, yeah. So they are about to open. Well, the um, August ish, August the second building downtown. Okay, and that's going to create even more downtown foot traffic, and they're looking to have a, a rooftop restaurant. And I heard rumor maybe a distillery is going to go up there. They're going to have an outdoor amphitheater. And oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Man, let's go. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Did you guys notice a big spike in the new business? And did you notice when it trailed off? We're, we're learning about that. You're learning about Yeah, it? I think that... Um, too soon uh, to tell. Too soon, yeah. We've only had six months. And we had actually the last half of the year which ends in a, just a wonderful, you know, Christmas season, which yeah. is everyone benefited from that. But then January, February, and March, I think our first quarter is always a little softer. People are kind of getting over all the things they spent during the holidays and whatnot. Around the corner, we have Valentine's coming and Easter and Mother's Day. Yeah. So it's cyclical. Do you guys decorate for all the seasons? Oh, yes. Yeah. And the artisans all get get involved and it's a lot of fun. Do you change your, do you adapt your menu according to the seasons, like more ice drinks in the summer? Do you anticipate that? This- uh, absolutely. Yeah. We, well, we started out with a lot of uh, ice drinks and, and smoothies and that sort of thing. And, yeah. that, and that sort of uh, started going into the warmer, hotter drinks, lattes and coffees. Mocha lattes are probably the biggest seller. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe some local honey in there. Mm-hmm. Working nice. on that. Working on a honey provider. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I was talking to uh, a friend of ours. He came on the show who does CBD, Matt Weschler, and he said they're putting yeah. CBD stuff in K cups. Like they're adding it to coffee now. Oh, really? What do you guys think about the whole CBD thing? Are you open to a vendor that provides and grows marijuana? The well, good sister well, marijuana. We, we, <laughs> it's not marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> CBD is not marijuana. <laughs> no, it, it, it's a funny area because it's sort of like there's a lot of almost almost too much information, and not not it's kind of hard to depict what exactly what can you use or not use of that. Yeah, and we're still learning about it. I think that there's been two people that have approached us, yeah. you know, by carrying their product. I but we want to learn that. more about it. I think they're this too new for even the studies. And that's what Matt will tell you. He's actually starting a podcast called Peak City CBD. People are experiencing results with it, but it would be unethical to be like, hey, it sounds like very snake oil salesman if you're just much like in business, you know, like if our, our really good month, that's not going to be our every month. You right. know, like it's where just, do you where do you speaking of local and where do you draw the line with an artisan being local if they're in Durham or Apex or Holly Springs only? Like, how's that work out? We've had the pleasure of not having to worry about that. Mm. We actually have a waiting list. So the good problem to have is that we're we're struggling with space yeah. and needing enough space. But local to us is North Carolina. It's always one of my favorite parts of the farmer's market to see like the artisan wing. So I kind of love that that's what you guys really get to provide year round without having to go to the farmer's market for it. Mm-hmm. That That's interesting because that, that's actually another wrinkle in the story that actually helped propel what we were doing now is that, was it three years ago, four years ago? Three. Beth was trying to see if we could get more artisans in the downtown farmer's market. She ended up making a presentation to the town council about... We have all this food in the farmer's market and it's wonderful. And they've won awards, accolades, uh, you know, number one in North Carolina. Yeah. But 
what about the artisans? Could we have a place for them? And uh, I'm not sure all the reasons why, but it, it didn't work out. But it ended up, though, because of the presentation, that the chamber was assigned to come up with a artisan's market on Center Street. And that started three years ago. Three years ago. And so she and Brenda Priest actually, with a chamber, put on the artisans for the first time on Center Street. And now it's become a standard. It's a traditional thing. It's, it's another part of you know how we came up with the model that we have now and how we're able to meet all the people yeah. that are involved with us now. That's fantastic. As part of the growth process and the bumps and all the stuff we've been talking about, are there any processes you wish you would have put in place sooner? Social media. Yeah. yeah. We're, that's, that's an amazing area that is just, I think it's constantly evolving, mm-hmm. it's changing, and we didn't realize the extent of, of what, it, what it takes to really maintain and keep up with that, that discipline. Yeah. And even calling it discipline is hard because I don't even know how many facets it has exactly. I mean, when we first started, we were told Facebook and Instagram as you know, two major examples of how to communicate you know, with your audience. Sure. And now we're being told that's changing. That's a job in itself. I mean, it's a full-time job yeah. just trying to keep up with the social media. And the change, the rate at which that changes, the mm-hmm. best practices change, it'll mm-hmm. give you whiplash. You'll be like, it used to be right to do it this way last month, and now the thing's not even there. I can't mm-hmm. even press the button I pressed last month. It used to be all about pay-per-click, and now it's all it's moving in towards, now we got this new exciting avenue of well, how do you engage influencers? Yeah, I heard one analogy once about social media that really stuck with me, and it was using the analogy of sharecropping. And the, the challenges that people face with social media, and if you build so much your business on it, is that it's not your land. And if they choose to change the algorithm and you had something that was working, now it's not, you don't have any recourse. Mm-hmm. You're a sharecropper. Uh, that's why people always say things like, the things that are yours, like your mailing list, like your email list and things like that are kind of the, the bulletproof way to do it. But even that, you have you got as many opinions as the one I just said on either side of that argument. It's That's tough so, to keep all that straight. So true. That's yeah. so true. I, I really appreciate you guys coming in and sharing. Our momentsintime.net is the website. And if you look on their website under Meet the Artists, there's a little drop-down tab. You can get an idea of all the different artists that are on there. Do they all, I bet they love to share their story. That would be a great thing to come in if you happen to run into one of the artists and ask the story behind the pieces to learn that. Well, I can tell you that and we do have an event that we're working on right now. We don't have a date yet, but it's going to be a Meet the Artists and, or Artist event. Josh? Yes, ma'am. And so you'll be able to come in and, and talk with each and every one of them. Although we actually already have a way for the for everyone to meet the artisans because the artisans do workshops every Thursday and Sunday, which is also on our website under workshops. Oh, what's a workshop? Uh, well, we have artisans that come in. And for example, we have a, an artist who does alcohol ink mm-hmm. uh, paintings. And she taught a two-hour workshop and got and people went home with the painting. And oh, we have, and we have other, our uh, seamstress did a beginning sewing, beginning sewing class. You bring a sewing machine in and you learn how to sew. We had another one that had to do with creating ornaments. So they got to go home with their own ornaments and we have it right in the, in the shop. We also, as of last week, have the Writers Guild of Holly Springs that'll be meeting once a month in we're our sp- location. We're sponsoring them, so if you're a, donating the space for them. If you're a local author, that's... Oh, fantastic, fantastic way to get connected. Yeah. Hmm. 
We should start a Holly Springs photography club or like something like that and just walk around downtown Holly Springs. And <laughs> she tag. said, you should. Yeah. You should. <laughs> I am. That's, I, I officially just did it. <laughs> it's Stay real tuned. You said it. So next time you're in downtown Holly Springs and checking out all the new awesome stuff, be sure to check out our moments in time. They're at 205 South Main Street. What do you guys next do? Like what directly surrounding it? At the car wash. <laughs> at the car wash. There, there is a car wash next to us, and we're, you know, right across uh, the street from the OSHA restaurant, and in that new building is Walls Town Hall. I would love to hear. I'd love you guys to come back in like a year and tell us how everything's going. Thanks again, guys. Do you guys have social media accounts? We do. We have a Facebook account. Right? Everything is labeled our moments in, in time. time. <laughs> All right. So check them out on Facebook. And that's probably where you can find out when that upcoming event is. Facebook, Instagram. With the website, ourmomentsintime.net. Net. Correct? Net. I used to run a blog called marketingjesus.net. And when people would ask me, why, how, how come we didn't do .com? The real answer was .com was taken. But yeah, I decided to make it a very spiritual thing and be like, because Jesus was, you know, a fisherman and if you use nets <laughs> and if it was good enough for Jesus. Well, you know what kind of car me. he drove, right? You want to you want to say a Chrysler, but <laughs> but, but the, the, the Bible says that him and his friends all went off in one accord. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he drove a Honda. <laughs> we love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Get unstuck. Tell a better story and have a good answer to the question: What are you doing today?